Welcome to the Brinkman Podcast, the podcast where we talk about the audio drama The Brinkman Adventures, where we talk to some of the people behind the story, some of the writers, uh, missionaries, uh, actors, tell, tell some interesting stories about them, learn some, some powerful things. I'm Eric Schilder. And I'm Sarah Boltman. And uh, we, we've, got a, we've got kind of an interesting episode. This is actually episode 13. And we're going to be talking with the creator of the Brinkman Adventures, Ian, about a very special episode. <laughs> and uh, we're going to listen to a clip before we hop into that. So, Engineer Josh, roll the clip. Hey, Russ. What was that about Next. with Louie? He wants me to find him a drone. There's no way I can swing that. You sick of being locked up? Uh, of course. You want to get out? Uh, I'm in for life, with no parole. Wait. I'm never getting out. Jack, do you want to leave? What's this about, Russ? I'm leaving, and you can come with me. Huh? I don't get it. Do I have to spell it out? I'm escaping now. And I'm inviting you to come with me. If you follow me, you'll be free. I have to go now. I watched as Russ ran up to the thick glass door of the cafeteria. With one quick move, he picked the lock. As the heavy glass door began to slowly swing shut, I watched him take off running. He obviously had skill. When the door was half closed, I made my decision. I ran as fast as I could and reached the door just as it relocked with a dull clank. I was too late. Would I resent that moment for the rest of my life? Instinctively, I began pounding on the glass. Russ heard it and stopped running. He faced me. Then he glanced at his watch. I'll never forget that agonizing look on his face before he sprinted back. Again, with a single motion, he unlocked the door. Come on. Thanks. Couldn't just leave you there. Afraid my timing is off now, though. As fast as you can run. So, there, there we have the clip from the episode name. It's actually episode 57 in season six. And the episode name is Twice Born Fly. Twice Born Fly. Sarah, what do you yes. think? Jackson Prison? Jackson Prison? It's crazy. You know, Jack doesn't seem like the guy who would do something to get locked up for life. It's just kind of weird. And and since we know this is, you know, this particular episode is based on Ian's life, uh, Ian is with us here today. Ian, you want to talk, talk about your time spent in prison? Sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's, just, let's just get real here. What did you do? I've yeah. always had this fear that someday they'd come for me for something I didn't do. When there's plenty that you have done, you know. Uh, <laughs> no. That's we, right. We're, we're teasing him, of course. But so yeah, this is an interesting episode. It's kind of a, it's really different. Uh, it's a really different episode um, where Jack, it's, it's their Sunday. It's their day of rest. And uh, I, I really like that idea. They turn off the internet, they turn mm -hmm. off the TV, and they just kind of spend time together. And uh, Jack decides to tell a story from his past. And as it begins, Jack is in prison. And um, we, we find out that it, it's a dream. And, he was um, not in jail. That he was not no. in jail. <laughs> and 
Um, this episode, I mean, actually, Ian, you and I talked about it actually before the writing. I remember when the uh, kind of season was just sort of ramping up and you talked about this and it's got it's got kind of an interesting genesis. You want to tell us a little bit about a little bit about Jack's dream and, and your dream? I was living in Alaska at the time on staff with Alaska Bible Institute. And we had had some some singers that I just loved growing up. Second chapter of Acts, we had Annie Hearing, the founder of that group, um, come and do a concert. She had gone back home and they loved crab. Her and her husband, Buck, loved hmm. crab. And so I had access to crab being on the ocean up in Alaska. And so uh, my friend, Mark Helpin, went out and caught some crab for us and we froze it. And I had to get up in the middle of the night to get it out. For some reason, I forget the logistics of it. I think I was shipping it the next day and I didn't want to overfreeze it or something. And so I set my alarm for like three in the morning to get up and do this. And so when my alarm went off, I woke up to this to this dream, and it, the dream was just ending. And so, yeah, that's how the dream happened. And I remember going up to get the crab, and when I, I pulled it out and I came down and I sat on the hillside in Homer, Alaska, you can overlook this beautiful bay. On the other side, there, there, there are these mountains and glaciers coming down to the water. And the moon was out, and I could see the mountains across the other side. And I just sat on this hillside looking across the bay at these mountains thinking, that's an amazing dream. And it all started to click with me. And I thought, this is like Pilgrim's Progress. This is almost like an allegory. And um, so, yeah, I never forgot. I never had a dream like that before or since. And I always thought this would be a great short story, but never had the, the way to write it. I thought maybe a song, maybe a, a story. <laughs> I used it in a couple times that I taught. But, um, yeah, I always kind of hoped for an opportunity to tell it. And then Brinkman's happened. And I thought, what a great way to to tell this story. So that's that's the genesis. It's it's an interesting story. And, you know, I mean, a, a dream that vivid that it stuck with you all these yeah. years and that you were able to write a script around it. Um, you know, obviously there was, it's a slightly different dream in some ways because you, you, you didn't have some of the characters that have uh, made a uh, appearance. An, an appearance <laughs> that's right. uh, in there. I actually just listened to it um, actually on the way here to uh, to do the podcast, and I was I was trying to find a little little Easter eggs in there. Um, who who played Russ? Russ was played by um, Ryan Schaffler. Ryan Schaffler also played Dimitri, right? And, and Heart Song. I, I thought I recognized that. He's amazing, that. and he played Sydney in yep. Aunt Sarah. Oh, yes, yep. And a number of other characters, Jerry Google in The Provider. So, so he's a very versatile actor, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, he just did he's a great so job playing. Great. Russ. He nailed that character. Yeah. I mean, to he be did. someone where you're kind of, in a way, you know, the the type of Jesus. It's it's he did mm-hmm. a great job. And I, and yeah. and the uh, the warden. Who, who played the warden? Did you recognize the voice, No, Eric? I didn't. Jack Benty. How big is your God? Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. That was the same guy who played Jack Benty. And, um, yeah, he he was scary in this one. Yeah, it, it definitely was when I heard that. We lowered I, his voice a little bit. Uh, okay. Added some effects to it to make him sound like a giant, but... A little bit of <laughs> Yeah, it was the same guy, piggity. Chad Phillips. Yeah. As I was listening to it, I was kind of... I mean, I obviously knew sort of what what the storyline was but i kept wondering well, when are the when are the kids gonna be like uh dad you know dad were you you were in prison <laughs> um i think it, that didn't surprise my kids no <laughs> <laughs> now you you actually we told that dad you, you actually told the story to your kids right 
I mean, I'm sure I did. Yeah, yeah. over the years. Over so, the years, so they knew the story okay. in real life. Well, at least maybe you prefaced it with that it was uh, that it was a dream, and you know you were right. Um, as I was listening to it, I did think that there was a sort of a Pilgrim's Progress kind of thing, you know, and you know how what was the, the you know the village that um, uh, Christian was in, and and that it was going to be destroyed, kind of like being in prison for life mm-hmm. and uh, you're trapped there you're trapped there forever and so i thought that was that was kind of a uh, a cool metaphor for that and um so there there were a couple little easter eggs as we talked about um one what well feldspar made a little appearance feldspar made an appearance <laughs> and i was wondering if you were going to bring that up or i was if, or if I... I was going to have to do that <laughs> no no i thought i thought i'd bring it up can you do a little feldspar for us eric Eric um, is feldspar. I'm, just I'm so pretty you feldspar. All know. So, <laughs> well, if a if a can always lands on its feet, and a piece of buttered bread always lands uh, butter side down, you know, if we strap some buttered bread to a cat, it would just not hit the ground, but just be about a foot above it spinning, and we could power an entire <laughs> city with a buttered bread cat array. <laughs> That's actually there. You go. Feldspar <laughs> yeah. is brilliant. Yeah, he's a little weird, but he's, he's a little brilliant. he's a little weird. But what was about is that I had totally forgotten that we had done that. Um, that we had done that episode, and uh, you know, as I'm listening, I'm like, oh, wait, oh wait, yeah. I mean, that happens from time to time. Yeah, I yeah, wanted a funny. kind of like a dream where we we drew on some other characters. Yeah. in a dreamlike fashion, and so Felspar was one of them, and also. Um, uh, Louis, if you remember right. the, the episode um, Bullhorn in, in Busy Bees, Louis was the the mobster from Chicago, so he's in jail. And then Jack Benty is the is the right. prison warden. So some some astute listeners will probably pick mm-hmm. up on that and yeah. makes it more dreamlike. And I thought Louis was a great character also in this yeah. episode. I just it was yeah. perfect. I mean, and and of course who that was was Jim Rice, Jim Rice, who Wright. plays Mr. Pennington. Yeah. So yeah. he's also pretty versatile, but you know he just did a great job. I always love listening to him in that. He did. And uh, <laughs> so Eric, you, you, you mentioned how this was an odd, a, a bit of an odd episode. Yeah, it sure I was. remember when we wrote it, um, you know, we try to use story structure, basic story structure in our writing. And, and I remember um, Shannon Zorn, who writes with us at one point, said, are we just going to throw structure out on this one? I'm just asking. <laughs> I mean, first of all, it's the weirdest, weirdest log line we've ever written. And there's no structure. I mean, it breaks all these rules in story, but it works. Mm-hmm. I think it works. I think it's a great episode. I, I love it. I think you get that real big payoff at the end when you you find out it's a dream and then, you know, the the kids and and Jack start talking about sort of, you know, not that it's it's just just sort of the allegorical nature of, of the way that the story gets told. And, you know, you do you do get those that that payoff at the end that the lack of structure of the story hmm. kind of leads to because it, it, mm-hmm. it almost by the time you're towards the end of the retelling of the dream, because of the lack of story structure, you almost feel a little bit swimmy and dreamy yourself. Hmm. And then that snap back awake uh, at the end when reality comes in. Uh, I I just I really liked it. I thought it was kind of a, mm-hmm. a kind of a cool idea to do. And I think it's interesting how you left the listeners hanging. Mm-hmm. And can you tell us why you chose to do that? Because I knew you kind of went back and forth on how to end it. As we wrote this, I remember um, 
kind of debating with our team. Um, it's cleaner to to end the story with Russ saying he's with me and Jack going with Russ. Um, it just buttons the story up better. And so um, right that that Jack gets free at the he end. He gets out right. Yeah. And um, and the other side was, well, do we keep it like the dream where he, he doesn't get out? And we decided to keep it as the dream was because the dream is about escaping and, and really getting to, the, to heaven. And uh, Jack is still alive. He doesn't, he doesn't get out until God breaks him out of earth, you know, and out of this life and he gets to heaven. And so we thought, let's keep it like that. And it'll cause conversations with people. Kids will ask. And in fact... My son Peter asked me this week. He was actually playing the episode in in the house. He said, "Dad, why why is Jack in jail?" And then he said, "Why why was the prince in jail?" And I explained to him, "Well, the prince is like Jesus, and he came to get Jack out. That's why he was there, just like Jesus came here to get us out." Well, why didn't Jack get out at the end? Good question, Peter. Well, Jack is still alive, and Jack will get out one day when he when he crosses over into eternity. And so that's that's why we did that, but it was a debate. And in fact, we even recorded two, two um, different versions mm-hmm. because we weren't sure when we recorded how we were going to want to end this. And Yeah, so. we could have both episodes out and you can choose yeah. your own adventure. <laughs> yeah, choose your own episode. <laughs> now, now there's, there's some interesting things around. I mean, we're, we're focusing in on the dream, but that's not all there is to the episode. Mm-hmm. The episode actually starts out with something quite different, doesn't it? Yeah, it's kind of odd, actually. <laughs> yeah, it's that whole episode is kind of <laughs> kind of strange. Apparently, your children eat bugs uh-huh. is, is what yeah, we get from it. Yeah, tell us that story. So one time we were having a discussion at the house about the concept of a firstborn son or a firstborn daughter. Alyssa's our firstborn daughter. And, and um, as we're having this discussion about firstborn people, my son Josiah, Joey, said, oh, I ate a firstborn fly once, and we all, we all stopped and said, what? What did you just say? And he said, oh, I ate a firstborn fly once. Well, explain, please. And he said, just like in the episode, I mean, he just nailed it. It's exactly how he said it to us. I was watching this little brown wiggly thing, and, and all of a sudden, a fly popped out, and I went, oh! And I swallowed it. <laughs> and we died. We laughed so hard. All right. So <laughs> he told you this story, and obviously you don't necessarily, he, maybe he had fly breath. I, I don't <laughs> yeah. know. But, uh, okay, so that, an interesting story. That's, that's kind of how the episode starts out, is mm-hmm. with uh, Charlie eating this fly. And, but it kind of bookends, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. So at the, at the end, something else happens. Right. Charlie Charlie gets saved. And um, one of the fun things with the Brinkmans is we write things that actually happen. And so um, I always wanted to tell the fly story. I just thought it was just funny. But we also told the true story about how, how Josiah became a believer at a young age. And, and that's pretty accurately depicted, too, in this episode. Mm-hmm. And I think what I think is so special is I, I think I was probably in Africa at the time when he was that young. I think I was kind of out of town. But I remember, I think it was mom, my mom, who who told me and said, Sarah, guess what? You'll never believe it. You know, she said, you know, Joey, you know, and he was maybe four at the time. Um, he just accepted the Lord. And she said, I can see a difference in him. And I was like, really? What? I mean, when we don't even really live near you guys at the time. I mean, my parents still don't live very close to Ian and Amy. But can you tell us the difference that you saw in him? Joey was, um, he was 
let's put it this way. It was it was very easy to rock his boat mm-hmm. when he was two, three, four. He was he was kind of an unstable little guy, and um, you know I think we were praying for him at the time, and I, I think mom was too, and mom had her mm-hmm. theories on what was going on with him, and mm-hmm. and um, yeah, when he became a believer, just like we heard in last the last episode, last podcast, last podcast yeah. with with the wonders, um, it, there was a marked change in Joey, and uh, he became stable overnight. Hmm. And his attitude changed. And I remember thinking at the time, I even I was on staff at our church and I talked to the pastors about this. And I remember telling them how it's it's amazing. You know, this little four-year-old guy doesn't know that when you become a Christian, you're supposed to do this now. Hmm. You're supposed to change oh, yeah. this way, you know, and you're, <laughs> yeah. you know, you're supposed to stop doing this. But he did on his own. That's God's, so God's cool. spirit in him yeah. changed him from the inside out. And it was amazing. And I thought, you know, that shouldn't surprise us. You know, that's what God does is he changes people. But we saw it dramatically in Joey. And, and he did stand on the picnic table. And he was, he was I mean, witnessing hmm. at the top of his lungs hmm. when he asked Jesus to come into his heart. That is so cool. That's what I love about the Brinkman Adventures, that it kind of can show that idea. Because I think sometimes, I, I, I don't know, I've, I've felt in the past, oh, maybe kids don't really understand. You know, wait till they're older, 11, 12, 13, somewhere there, before you really explain or try to, or even invite them to, to follow the Lord or open their heart to them. But I love it that this shows, no, they can get it. Maybe yeah, they don't understand absolutely. it all, but it's, yeah. it's something that happens in their spirit. Yeah. And it's, it's real. And they have that childlike faith, too. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Yeah, you, you probably don't remember this, Ian. But it, it just occurred to me, it was a, it was quite a long time ago. We were at Mr. Staple Runs. Uh, when <laughs> yeah. I heard that, I, I cracked up because I know who that is. But we were at it's Mr. Stapleton, Stapleton actually. We were, yes. Uh, and uh, you had a drill with you. You had a, a drill. Do you remember this? No. Oh, and uh, you were you were talking about how it was kind of like a, I don't know which child it was, but because the, the drill came up because you're like, well, you know, um, this this particular child uh, became a believer and it's kind of like a birthday. And you said <laughs> what what the interesting thing about it was you went on about how a toy drill was just as expensive as a real drill. <laughs> I remember that, that conversation. <laughs> okay, and that's and that's why you got the real drill. I, I remember that. And you know, actually that's interesting because that kind of stuck with me. Uh, kind of the idea of the of the the birthday, your born again birthday. So I, I remember that very very clearly uh, mm. because my kids were quite a bit younger. Actually, I only had one at the time, and I remember thinking, oh, you know what? That's a that's a really good idea to do to sort of mark mark an occasion. I w- I wondered how in that moment when you were on the hill looking over Alaska and you know beauty, this the moon was out. What do you think God was? I mean, because it sounds to me like. God kind of maybe gave you that dream. Mm-hmm. It's something that now, you know, a lot of people get to listen to. What do you mm-hmm. think for, what was that saying to your heart? What was he trying to maybe teach you in that moment? He was maybe telling me, I love you and I came for you. Hmm. And um, and I'm going to help you bust out of each one of these doors through life. You just mm-hmm. got to keep abiding and keep following me, but um, let me do the work. I think that's what it is. And I've I've gone back often and thought about it and uh, you know, this is this is how our kind of how our salvation works. You know, he saves us when we decide to follow him, but then then he helps us along the way, all the way through mm-hmm. to the very end. And one day we'll get into the magic kingdom, and <laughs> and it will be amazing. Um, but he's he's slugging it out with us That's in the cool. trenches and running with us. And I think that was the lesson for me. And 
I still is. That's really powerful. I think the important question to ask is, you know, do you have a have any more dreams in there that we can make stories out of? <laughs> I or? don't know. We're going to have to get you. Actually, I'd like you to get up this tomorrow morning at three and send me crab. <laughs> uh, and that way we can. We, <laughs> I don't think I ever told Annie Herring about huh. that. I should send her a you copy should. of the dream and say, you know, this is. Thanks to you. Yeah, thanks to you. The Lord, the Lord used that. Well, that's about all the time we have here. We'll kind of wrap it up. If, uh, if you've enjoyed listening to the podcast, wherever you get your podcasts from, if there's a chance for you to rate or give your comments or feedback or anything like that, tweet us out in your social media, and uh, we'd love that a lot. So um, that about wraps it up for today. So I'm Eric Schilder. And I'm Sarah Boltman. And we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.